0: Is Connor Bedard going to be the next in a long line of Chicago players to terrorize the Minnesota Wild? Can the Wild continue to defy the dead cap hits and make the postseason once again this year? We discuss all that and more on today's special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks your first listen each and every day. If you haven't already, take the time to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out with the NHL season right around the corner on any new episodes or breaking news. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com i should say also locked on blackhawks but hey it's preseason for us too we're getting into the swing of things my name is seth topal your host of locked on wild and uh, your daily minnesota wild insider joined by the host of locked on blackhawks jack bushman as we get closer to the start of the season. And Jack, as we were talking about before we uh, hit record, uh, optimism in Chicago around the hockey team after a couple of rough seasons. And uh, I know from your perspective, that feels pretty good.
1: Yeah, excited uh, for the first time leading into the season for for quite a while. And um, yeah, a lot of buzz around the Chicago Blackhawks, man. It's it's a thrilling time and considering what else is going on with uh, Chicago sports right now. There isn't a whole lot to be excited about, so believe it or not, if you would have told me uh, a year ago that, you know, just just fast forward a year's time, the Blackhawks would have the best outlook of all the teams in the city. I would have said you're crazy, but here we are gearing up for Connor Bedard's rookie campaign. All eyes are going to be on him, of course, and yeah, couldn't be more excited for things to kick off in under three weeks now, I believe, is the start of the regular season, so looking forward to it as always, man.
0: Let's uh, let's dive in and talk about Bedard right away. Uh, for those that uh, are not familiar with kind of how things work with these crossovers, we'll talk Chicago first, then Minnesota, and then Jack and I are both going to uh, try to determine what the central division will look like at the end of the season. So let's talk about the uh, generational talent that uh, landed in Chicago. That being Connor Bedard. What have you seen from Bedard so far, and uh, what? Do you need to see from him throughout the course of his first season in the NHL?
1: Yes, Seth, as uh, you and your listeners are well aware, the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase was this past weekend up in St. Paul, Minnesota. And finally, you know, after all the buzz and all the hype that's been surrounding Bedard, not only just throughout the summer with the Blackhawks, you know, getting the first overall pick, but really the last year, all the hype about this kid being a potential generational talent and, Finally, we got to see him on the ice doing his favorite thing and playing hockey. He said himself, you know, he's kind of sick of all the media and ask, answering all the questions and just wants to go out there and uh, play the game. And yeah, what a performance we saw from him on Saturday night against the St. Louis Blues. I was telling you before we recorded you and uh, the Minnesota Wild got a little lucky that he didn't end up suiting up on Sunday for that for that final game. But yeah, he was absolutely dominant, Seth. Uh, I Really, it was like watching him play against 16, 17-year-olds. Um, there weren't like official stat keepers there or anything, I believe. Um, but he was given 11 shots on goal. And quite honestly, I think he might have had 20 to 25 shot attempts. He was trying to shoot the biscuit every time he was out there on the ice. And uh, as I kind of said on my show, it was almost like a, a Conor McGregor-type mantra for Conor Madard in his little debut. He wasn't there to take part. He was there to take over. And that's absolutely what he did. Uh, A hat trick adds a primary assist as well and really just left no doubt. He did everything that I think he needed to do. And that's kind of why the Blackhawks elected not to play him in that game on on Sunday and risk any injury or anything. But as far as what we need to see from him this season, um, I've really tried to kind of shy away from numbers like goals, assists and points or anything, because I don't want the expectations to be too unlofty, even though they undoubtedly already are going to be. Um, which is kind of funny because I did just drop a quick shameless plug, a Connor Bedard rookie projection episode on my podcast. Go and check that out if you want to hear what I think Bedard is going to put up this year in terms of his points. But uh, that's really not what I'm looking for. I just want to see him kind of continue to develop and mo- mostly just show signs of comfort and understanding and growth and, and just kind of um, recognizing, you know, the speed and the the pace and the physicality that comes with playing against grown men at this level. Um, I would just like to see him continue to get more confident and kind of just go along that development path. And I really think he's going to get a top six, if not top line opportunity throughout the course of the year. So they're going to give him plenty of opportunities to kind of get that NHL feel. And quite honestly, if he's able to, you know, just uh, consistently do his thing, stay healthy is I think the biggest thing. Um, And what I believe is going to be the most seamless transition for him is going to be in the goal scoring category. If he's going out there and um, I really think he's going to be the, the Blackhawks leader in goals this season. Um, If he does that, you know, whatever the numbers may be, I, I'm going to be happy with it at the end of the day. Cause you got to remember this kid's still only 18 and he just turned 18 back in July. So still very young. I know there's a lot of hype and a lot of excitement, but um, for all the Blackhawks fans out there, I, I would like it to, you know, just tone down a little bit because I don't want people to start saying they're disappointed if he's like, you know, a, a 60, 70 point guy and they're like, what the heck happened? It's like, that's phenomenal, <laughs> folks. So that's what I've kind of been trying to pump out these last few weeks as we're gearing up to the start of the season.
0: Jack, let me know about um, Taylor Hall, Nick Felino, both brought into this Chicago team and there were plenty of other moves as well. Of the moves that were made, you can include Connor Bedard in this if you want, but uh, that's probably kind of the easy way out. Which of the moves do you think is going to have the most impact on Chicago this season?
1: Man, that's a really good question. I think adding Taylor Hall was just such a necessary move. The Blackhawks needed to give Connor Bedard someone more than just Andreas Athanasiu and like a Philip Kurashev to go out there and hang with. And you want to help Bedard in his development, and you really just got to give him some actual talent, some guys that can keep up both speed wise and in terms of uh, their abilities uh, offensively out there on the ice. And I think Taylor Hall matches that perfectly. And quite honestly, Seth, what I've been really thrilled about with Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson is he's done a good job, I think, recognizing players who could come in with a chip on their shoulder. And I think Taylor Hall is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder knowing he's going to get a top line opportunity. He hasn't been, you know, really the point-per-game game-breaker that we once saw with the New Jersey Devils where he won the MVP. He's going to get such a good opportunity here in the Blackhawks to prove that he can still be a top-line, top-six forward. Um, In the NHL, I think that was a really huge, huge add for the Blackhawks. But I also think the the combination of adding Nick Foligno and Corey Perry, I know Blackhawks fans were, you know – absolutely ripping their hair out when they saw that we signed Corey Perry because that's a rivalry that goes back a long time but I think those were both just really good sneaky veteran ads that will come into this locker room show this young group some some good leadership and also uh, both guys are are, uh, bigger and and can provide some protection out there as well and um, one thing that I want to add with Perry too is uh, he was up in Montreal with uh, Luke Richardson who's the Blackhawks head coach of course and uh According to multiple sources, Luke Richardson had nothing but good things to say about Perry and aiding in the development of guys like Nick Suzuki. Um, and Cole Caulfield during his time up there. So I think that made sense for a a multitude of different reasons. I don't think those guys are going to have the biggest roles on the ice, but you bet they're going to play meaningful roles off of it, helping show this new group, this new era of the Chicago Blackhawks, what it's like and what it takes to be an everyday NHLer and guys who have been there and done that at every level and most importantly the postseason as well. So, yeah, I I think a lot of good ads by, by Kyle Davidson this year.
0: Rumor has it that um, Corey Perry and Pat Maroon have already exchanged pleasantries ahead of the uh, season. And so I'm sure we could see those two uh, lock horns just like we could with Marcus and uh, Nick Foligno um, at some point during the course of the season. Final one for me, Jack, on Chicago before we uh, flip to the wild. Obviously now with this team where they're at, they've got Bedard in tow. And it seems like there's some good traction between uh, Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson as the head coach GM combo. I mean, you had um, you had Davidson down in Nashville for the draft, just talking to random fans and just what being like, that, I don't know what that guy's, guy is. I don't know what that guy's doing." It's just it's one of the most amazing videos I've seen of like a front office executive just blending in with people and just taking it fully in stride. So, what is the next step? What does Chicago need to do this year to build another step on the building blocks that they're laying, the foundation they're laying? What do do they need to do this year to further getting to where they want to ultimately get back to?
1: Yeah, Kyle from Chicago broke the Internet there for a little bit. What a a scene that was, a Nashville ahead of the draft, huh? Um, But for the Blackhawks, not only is Connor Bedard, obviously he's getting all the limelight, the lion's share of the attention right now. Right. But there are a lot of other players getting really big first time opportunities to prove that they're full time NHL players. And these are guys that the Blackhawks have penciled in these last couple of years as, you know, um, future pieces of the puzzle that can help this team get back to the competitive era once again. So not only is it going to be Bedard, but Lucas Reichel was a first round pick in 2020 that uh, has played mostly in the AHL the last two years. He's going to get an opportunity to play center right out of the gate, probably on the second line behind Connor Bedard. Um, Cole Gutman's another guy who burst onto the scene late last year um, and a undrafted college or a, he was drafted by Tampa Bay, but never signed with them. Good, good undrafted college ad um, by by the Blackhawks. He's going to get a big opportunity. And then the whole left side of the defense, Seth, potentially could be first-year type of players And Alex Vlasic, Isaac Phillips, maybe Kevin Korchinski, uh, who was the seventh overall pick in 2022, and Wyatt Kaiser as well. So quite honestly, it's kind of a, a runway type of year to see what these guys are made of. They're going to get real good experience at the highest level. And I think it's just another year where Kyle Davidson, this front office, the coaching staff can kind of understand where we're at, where we need to improve, and where we go from here. And that's why I think, you know, with all this excitement that comes with Bedard, people might have some unrealistic expectations for this Blackhawks team. I understand it. It's an exciting team. I get where that comes from. But we're still so early in this rebuilding process. Getting the first overall pick, it feels like it changes everything, but this ain't basketball. You need to still put a really good team together to win the Stanley Cup. And, the Blackhawks still don't really know what they have. They know they have a slew of good prospects, a lot of draft picks, but it's time to see what they, what some of them have at the NHL level. So it's going to be learning a lot, um, but still building upon, you know, a really strong locker room with first year head coach, Luke Richardson, only heard good things from all accounts, from multiple players. Um, and just kind of getting an understanding and building a, a leadership group now too. Um, the Blackhawks elected not to go with a captain for the season, which, Everyone probably rightfully believes that's going to open the door for Connor Bedard one day down the road to get the C, but they really want to know who's going to be the next leader or the next leaders of this new wave of guys. So a lot of learning is going to be happening with the Chicago Blackhawks this year Um, might not be, you know, the most exciting in terms of wins and losses, but they're going to be fun and it's going to be um, an enjoyable time starting to get familiar with a lot of these guys who from, from what we see right now, Um, look like they could be a big time help for this franchise.
0: Uh, Runway season. I love that. Uh, Just a a good opportunity to see what you've got and to try to add to it as things go forward. Uh, Speaking of adding as they go forward, uh, we will flip to the Minnesota wild who have not had a uh, plethora of opportunities to add over the last couple of seasons. And so we'll discuss that and more as we continue today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks after this. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1. And when you are looking to get your vitamin and supplement routine on track, there's nothing worse than trying to combine 10 different bottles of vitamins and supplements and trying to get figured out what you need to take on a daily basis while you're also trying to make sure that you're not late for work. AG1 takes everything about that process and simplifies it into just one delicious scoop of AG1 in a glass of water every day. You can take it in the morning like I do before working out with your coffee just to get your day started right and leaving you with a full feel of energy in addition to all their great vitamins and supplements. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine – Then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out and start feeling your best today. Continuing today's special crossover edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks. Again, make sure you take the opportunity to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. The season is going to be here before you know it. So make sure that you don't miss out on any big news or notes from either the Chicago Blackhawks or Minnesota Wilds. Stay tuned with your favorite teams each and every day of the week. Uh, all right, Jack, let's flip and uh, I'll sit in the uh, I'll sit in the questions chair and you can ask whatever wild related questions come to mind
1: yeah and it felt like uh philip gustafson was really kind of the the main focal point of the offseason bringing him back after just a a stupendous season last year and still only 25 years old what did you kind of um think of that deal all in all three years obviously um and and is there any concern whatsoever that that might have been a flash in the pan or or you feel that he's fully uh the guy for these next couple years
0: I think Gustafson is for real because a lot of what makes him a good goalie is his temperament. He is so calm and collected out there on the ice. And I, I think it's exaggerated more uh, because we have Marc-Andre Fleury who is essentially the polar opposite of that where he's you know diving all over the place trying to kick pucks out and is really an active goalie uh, when he's playing. Philip Gustafson kind of just stays home and reacts to what's going on in front of him. He's very quick to ice the puck, which I think leads to there not being super long stretches of play uh, for his guys out there on the ice, which allows for kind of some natural breaks throughout the course of the action. And he came up big in almost every situation that was thrown to him this past season. I mean, he beat the New Jersey Devils twice. He had a few games where he just absolutely stood on his head and would not take no for an answer. Oh, and he out Jake Ottinger in game one of the postseason in that double overtime thriller in which he had 51 saves on 53 shots. I think what the Wild saw in Gustafson was a player who could be great with a good team in front of him, and that opportunity just did not exist in Ottawa. And so you take Gustafson, you put a good team in front of him, and you allow him to not have to do so much extra to try to help the team out. Whereas if you have a bad defense in front of you, all of a sudden it's on the goalie to make all the plays because the defense can't keep anybody away. So it's this perfect marriage of a good defense in front of him, but great goalie play by Philip Gustafson. I, I think the deal is, is a great one for the Wild because it buys time to where you don't have to rush. Jesper Volstead up to the NHL level. And if Volstead is ready next year, for instance, all of a sudden you get a real good young one, two combo that uh, a lot of NHL teams don't have the luxury of having. And you've got two guys that are capable of being number one guys. And then at that point you can make a decision. If you don't feel like you want to keep both, you could trade one, but honestly, I uh, I'm of the belief that if they are both in a particular wheelhouse from cost perspective, two goalies is not the worst thing.
1: Definitely not, not a luxury that many NHL teams have. Uh, one thing we also talked off air a little bit about was with kind of the um, the being financially strapped up against the salary cap, um, the importance of the Minnesota wild kind of integrating their prospects to kind of help get them over that hump. Uh, obviously, we're familiar with some of the bigger guns that have stepped onto the scene. Matt Boldy's now got a couple years under his belt or a year and a half, I believe. Um, and Brock Faber was someone who came up for the postseason last year as well. But who are some kind of maybe uh, under the radar type of guys that Minnesota is really hoping will will kind of um, show, show themselves this year?
0: Well, another guy that had a great showing at the prospect showcase was Sammy Walker. Oh, yeah. And we saw Sammy have a uh, great call up with the team last year. Um, and it's a numbers game at this point where he probably, unless he absolutely torches things in the uh, it, it, during training camp, probably gonna be starting the season at Iowa. Now, you are only one injury or two injuries away from getting called up at any time if you are one of those players that just lights up the AHL level as Walker did last year. He's a player that I think maybe not this year per se. But next year, for sure, I think he's going to have a real good opportunity if he's retained, because he's also going to be a restricted free agent after the season is done. If he's retained within the, uh, the wild system, I think he's got a great chance to win a spot out of camp next year with the players that are also going to be leaving after the season's done. And, you know, the big three that we'll be watching all season pretty much are going to be Brock Faber, Marco Rossi, and Kalen Addison. Those are the big three that will have impacts this year. But next year, you're probably looking at Sammy Walker. You're looking at Jesper Valstead potentially being ready to, uh, to knock on the door. And there is a uh, group of three prospects in Europe right now. Liam Ugren, Marat Hustendinoff, and Danila Yurov that are kind of the, uh, the super group that are expected within the next couple of years to have a big impact at the NHL level. The expectation is that after this season, they will head to North America, get their feet wet and uh, get a cup of tea in Iowa. And then those would be the, uh, the biggest prospect names that we could see have a big impact within the next, probably two ish seasons.
1: So last thing I got for you, Seth, ultimately what does success look like for the Minnesota wild this season? Is it um, getting to the Stanley cup playoffs? Would it be winning a, a first round? Would it be going further than that Bal- balancing realistic expectations? And what, what do you think success looks like for the Minnesota wild at the end of the year?
0: You know, it's funny because selfishly all I want is a postseason series win. Like it, yeah. it's something that I mm-hmm. have wanted for ever. And the Vikings, whether it be the Twins, whether it be the Wild, whether it be the Timberwolves, been in a little bit of a dry spell over the uh, the last few years. And so and I understand what Bill Guerin is saying in winning one round in the postseason is not going to that's not their goal. That's not the objective for the Minnesota Wild is to win a round in the postseason. It's something that they will have to do. In order to get to the Stanley Cup uh, Stanley Cup Final and win the Stanley Cup trophy, so I get what he's saying there, while not being super worried about the fact that this team continues to get to the first round and then get knocked out of the first round, but just just do a solid for the fans, just give us one postseason series win. Maybe against Colorado this year or somebody. Give us one postseason series win. We'll celebrate it like the uh we'll celebrate it like the Stanley Cup trophy is gonna make an appearance at XL Energy Center. Um, and then of course we'll wanna go get the next one. <laughs> but success this season I would say would be a postseason berth, a round one win, and a really good season. From Marco Rossi, a season where you know it may not be that he puts up you know I'm I'm right with you on Connor Bedard from the numbers perspective. I more want to see the progress because with a lot of these young players, you know by what you see out on the ice whether they are capable of playing at the NHL level or not. And so I just want to get to the end of the season and say yes, Marco Rossi is a top six guy. He had, I don't know, a a month or two stretch where he just was unstoppable, but overall his play was really, really solid this year. If we get to the end of the season and we see some development from these young guys, that's going to be a huge win for me, but yeah, I'm, I'm out for blood. I want, I want a postseason series win. So until we get one, I'm just going to keep clamoring for it and, uh, Everybody's just going to have to deal with that. Hey, who
1: knows? Once you kick that door down, maybe maybe that's what it what it takes to break the dam. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about hockey. You get hot at the right time of the year. You never know, my friend. So wishing you all the best this year.
0: Appreciate it. Uh, we will finish by uh, taking a look at the Central Division as we finish today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks after this. Folks, fall is going to be here before we know it and you may have spent the summer in shorts mode like me but is there anything worse than shorts that are just not comfortable or are too hot it it's just an absolute mess to get through the uh, the summer season and if you are looking back on everything that you did this summer and you're saying you know what i was in bad shorts mode all season bird dogs can help turn your shorts game into the best there is on the planet. And for Bird Dogs, it's really simple. They do the exact same thing some of the big name brands such as Lululemon do, but they fit way better. Those shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton are no more because Bird Dogs has invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And their anti-stink sweat wicking fabric keeps you cool and dry all day long head to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl or enter promo code locked on nhl at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com locked on nhl for a free water bottle at checkout and a word of warning once you put your bird dogs on i guarantee you are not Going to want to take them off. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks. Once again, thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. Make sure you follow and subscribe if you have not already. Follow and subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss out uh, on any episodes or your favorite podcast platforms as well. Uh, Just a quick segment to wrap up here, Jack. Let's talk about the Central Division because, from my perspective, this is a tiered division because you have Colorado and Dallas who are pretty even they're pretty even up here and then in my mind you've got Minnesota and you could put Winnipeg you could put Nashville you could put St. Louis all kind of in one conglomeration together and then after that you've got the likes of Arizona. You've got Chicago as well, kind of near the bottom, trying to make their way back up to the top. Um, Although not going to lie, I think Arizona is a sneaky team this year. The NFL term that I think they use for teams that could do a ton of damage if they figure everything out is possibly frisky. I think Arizona could be possibly frisky this year with all the additions that they made. But basically it's going to be Dallas and Chicago at the top. There are a handful of other teams that will be fighting for those other postseason spots. And there are the teams that are just quite not quite there yet. Is that a fair assessment or am I out of my mind?
1: No, I'm I'm actually, <clears throat> excuse me, right, right in the same boat as you. I think Colorado and Dallas are, are the clear cut two best teams in the division. Um, and I'm someone who's kind of been high on Dallas these last couple of years. I've really liked the decor that they've established there and having a good veteran defense. Haskinen's only getting older and older, um, getting more experience. And then Jake Ottinger, same thing as well. I think that defense and goaltending combo is the real deal. And I liked what they did this off season as well. I think they have a really deep forward group and could push for the the top spot in the central division. I really believe it, but um, I do feel like the central division isn't as strong maybe as we perceive it to be this season is compared to leading into other years. I really do think it's up for grabs. And I feel like this division is also always due for a wild card. And it's usually the Winnipeg Jets because God knows how they're usually ever going to do uh, or the <laughs> Nashville Predators. Um, but I would agree with you. I think Colorado and uh, Dallas are there at the top. I would probably say Minnesota, um, and, and Winnipeg are probably the next two teams for me. and then um, I think Nashville is going to take a pretty decent step back. I think St. Louis could could also be somewhere in that four or five spot as well. Um, I, I think they still have a young core and they're they're a weird team. I feel like they still have a lot of good young pieces and one kind of bad first half and with the situation they're in financially, like they've just kind of had to deal some of their older guys but I don't think they're as far away as some people may think. So I wouldn't be surprised if the wild card is St. Louis in this division. Um, But I I think the Blackhawks and uh, Arizona are going to be the two teams kind of duking it out there at the bottom. But um, the one thing I will say is I'm glad Nashville, I think they kind of took a look in the mirror and just understood that limbo stinks, limbo stinks. And they're sick of getting blown out by the Colorado avalanche in round one of the Stanley cup playoffs. I'm glad to see that they finally chose a direction, but I would I would completely agree with your assessment. I, I did a Central Division preview of all these teams probably about a month ago, and we basically are on the same page here. I think that's how it looks, but as we all know, I'm sure that's not how it's going to go once the season actually begins.
0: It rarely is. It seems like everything that's supposed to go according to plan never does. And yeah, good on Barry Trotz for, uh, in my best SpongeBob impersonation that I can do, Uh, Taking a look at that Nashville team and saying, oh, brother, limbo stinks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. Hey, I I didn't bring up the coyotes, though, but I'll I'll tell you what, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. There's a storm of brew in there. They have so much high level talent and so many draft picks. It's like it's bound to happen eventually. It feels like right.
0: Yeah. uh, Not even a hot take at all. This is a logical and well thought out take if their goalie situation takes any sort of a step forward this season, they're going to be a problem.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. They need a, a little bit more on the defensive side of things too, but man, do they have some absolutely stacked forward prospects and just a slew of draft picks. Is that, if anyone has collected more draft picks in the last couple of years on the Chicago Blackhawks, it's been the Arizona coyotes, but you know, you got to make them pay at the end of the year. And they kind of had an interesting first round, if you recall.
0: Yeah. Um. It, it was funny too, because in matchups against Arizona in previous years, it was nothing that I ever really paid too much attention to other than when the game was done and just saying, Oh, okay. Who had two goals tonight? Who scored on the power play Uh, this past season? Like these Arizona games, I would be watching and I'm like, "Oh, this isn't fun at all. This this is an Arizona team that is not fun to play against.
1: Yeah. They, they can stymie you up a little bit. And uh, I'm, Vaymalka. Vaymalka will just stand on his head sometimes. Yeah. And I think, I think he, uh, in his rookie year, he beat like the Bolts twice, he had like 50 saves both times. He'll just do that sometimes. So who knows? Who knows with the Coyotes?
0: Yeah. No, nobody knows what's going to happen. And that's the best part of it. If there is one, if there's one statement that you could take, put on a billboard, put it on the Goodyear blimp, and just let everybody see it, it's that. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody ever does know all the hope, all the excitement, all the expectations come in to the season. And some teams just absolutely have things ripped out from under them. That's the beauty of sports though, is no matter your level of expectation, you will feel like it's possible at least for a little bit. And then it's all gone
1: to quote uh, Matthew McConaughey from Wolf of wall street. It's all a fugazi. Who knows? And one of the highlights of my summer was seeing the Goodyear blimp in person. Never had seen it in person. It was it was a cool moment. I had hey, a picture of it.
0: That is that is one of those that's one of those um, memorable highlights. <laughs> the flashbulb moments where you're like, yes. hey. So then, anytime you're with people and you just see it around, you point up and you say, "I saw that thing up close."
1: hundred percent. I know you how al- that works. You always see the video from it on Sunday football, but you never oh, actually yeah. see it in person.
0: No, the inner workings of the Goodyear blimp. Uh, <laughs> that would be that'd be a great 30 for 30. So uh, ESPN, you can have that for free. Get on it.
1: Wow, you're a generous man.
0: I do what I can. I'm all about helping people out. And uh, so I'll just leave it at that. We'll uh, we'll see how things play out. and of course, we will be checking back in with Jack as we uh, get closer to the NHL season and to during. So make sure that you follow along with Locked on Blackhawks all season long as well as Locked on Wild. Nobody covers the Chicago Blackhawks or the Minnesota Wild better, so make sure that you don't miss out on any new episodes or any breaking news happening all season long. You can find both shows with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.